anymore. John Wesley made this statement. He said, oh, give me that book at any price. Give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. I sit down alone. Only God is here in His presence. I open, read His book for this end to find the way to heaven. You know what book he was talking about? He was talking about this, the Bible. He was talking about the importance of God's Word. And so we live in an age where we want our ears to be tickled and our backs scratched. It seems like at times we don't want a prophet, but we want, uh, we want an entertainer. We don't want the Word of God. We don't want the man of God, but we want a comedian instead. And you see that far too many churches today lack a, uh, lack a biblical worldview of, and, they don't, and, and, and they, don't, they don't emphasize enough on the Bible. I still remember when, uh, when I went to pastor and I told him, Pastor, I want to I I preach the Word of God. And I remember him telling me, you have to dig Dig into the Word of God. And there have been times I've preached sermons and, and, and pastors come to me and said, you know what, you gotta do, you got to work on that more, man. you got to dig into the Word of God more. And I thank God for men like that in this fellowship. I thank God for the men in, in, in this fellowship that stand for the Word of God. You see that even Jesus rebuked the church for conducting business in the church when things begin, when, when ideals were compromised. Jesus rebuked the church for conducting business. You, we all know uh, Jesus so famously flipped the table and he said that my house, that this house is, will be known as a house of prayer. And you, see, and you also see Jesus rebuking uh, 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 a certain individual's men that were entertaining the spirit of Jezebel, that were, they were dealing with that at the time. And so you see that Nehemiah could have easily turned, but didn't compromise his position. Each and every time he was faced with a challenge, each and every time when he was faced with, with, with opposition, he turned to God. Nehemiah chapter 4 verses 4. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own head and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. In even when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem went, wanted to meet with Nehemiah to discuss the building of the wall, we know that this was a ruse that they had. They wanted Nehemiah to come away from the wall. It says in Nehemiah chapter 6, I won't go into the scripture, but I'll just explain it to you. If you want to read that, you could read that on your own. Um, and so what happens is that they call Nehemiah away. They send a messenger and they say, hey, let's talk. Let's meet at this village and let's talk. And they do that at least five times. But Nehemiah knew that he, if he left the wall, that he would be distracted, that momentum would have been broken. But he also knew God had revealed to him that they were planning to kill him. And so what is another thing that causes people to, com uh, to, to, uh, to waver in, in their ideals? Very quickly, weariness. 
when we become tired. A recent report from the National Safety, uh, Safety Council in the United States reported that over 40% of workers suffer from fatigue and sleep deprivation. Fatigue that leads to decreased safety performance, employees becoming more prone to injuries, and it, it is believed that this fatigue, this level of fatigue, can cost employers up to $1,000 to $3,000 per employee annually to treat. And, and also, Another report that came out that said that even when we drive our cars when we are fatigued, that we are three times more likely to be involved in a car crash when we are tired. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I've had moments when, you know, I've driven, I've been driving behind the wheel and, you know, suddenly you're just like, and you're like, oh no, and you just doze off. Every time you're just dozing off. Two cups of two cups of cup uh, two cups of coffee later, and you're still dozing off. That's the kind of fatigue that can become dangerous. But God tells us, "Come, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden in your heart, and in me you will find rest." You see that you even this morning you heard Pastor Allen preaching on fear. Fear breeds compromise. Fear will cause us to do crazy things. And you heard this term being used, fear-mongering. And fear-mongering is just decisions that are made out of fear during that time. How many remember back in 2012, there was this, um, there was this Mayan prophecy about the world coming to an end, right? And so I, I, was, I, I remember hearing about reports of people that were beginning to sell off their, their valuables, selling off uh, their things, selling off their houses, their cars, because they believed that the world was coming to an end. And that's what you call fear-mongering. I mean, for the older generation, maybe Y2K, right? That they were, uh, during two, the, the year 2000, you know, when the new year would come, that the stock market would crash. And most recently, COVID-19, Right? And remember, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but the initial stages of COVID, if you went to the supermarkets, you wouldn't be able to get anything. The, the, the aisles would be empty. You wanted to buy Maggie also, you couldn't buy because they'll all be empty. I remember my wife and I going and we were like, okay, we'll just buy Maggie for ourselves in case things get really bad. And we went and we looked and there was nothing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even tissues also as well. You know, you couldn't get uh, soap, tissues and all those kind of things. People buying out of fear. And you have uh, people known as doomsday preppers, right? People who believe that the world is going to be coming to an end anytime soon. And so you'll, you'll find them, you know, they'll have uh, garages that are filled with guns and, and, uh, and food and all these kind of things. But how many know fear is not of God? Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A.W. Tozer said it well. He said, fear broods over the church like some ancient curse. Fear for our living, fear for our jobs, fear of losing popularity, fear of each other. These are the ghosts that haunt the men who stand today in places of church leadership. How many people today become so afraid to go out and witness to people because we're so afraid of COVID, we're so afraid of this, we're so afraid of what people would say. 
But our trust has to be in God because God is our provider. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so how do you overcome this spirit? How do you overcome this spirit of compromise? And how do you stay true to the cause that God has put you on? Number one, boldness and courage. And so initially... Um, uh, uh, sorry, forgive me. Um, and uh, so, how do you overcome this situation? Boldness and courage, right? And so, you have to understand that any great work of God is going to be met with opposition, all right? The devil will come when you least expect him to come, right? The Bible says that he comes like a roaring lion, all right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, the enemy is going to employ anything that he can to be able to steer us away or push us away from what God wants for us in our lives. And some people will lack faith. Some people will lack vision. And then there'll be people who feel very threatened because they've lost control. It's a, it's a normal reflex for people, right? Just imagine if you're driving or if you're riding your bike or driving on the road and you take your, wheel off, take your hands off of the wheel or you take your hands off of the, of the handlebars altogether. It's a very scary thought to think about where you're going to be headed, right? But I mean, don't get me wrong. God doesn't want us to do that, but He wants us to let go and trust Him ultimately and to trust where he, uh, what He has in store for us, that we, were, we, are, that we will trust Him to guide us and direct us. And so during these times, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, expect opposition, and you will see that it will come. And the enemy will be quick to rear his ugly head to oppose what God has had, uh, what, what God initiates. And if you think about it, throughout the Bible, you see that to be true. You see, you, who do you see that turned up in the Garden of Eden? Who do you see that showed up when Jesus went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights? Satan. He popped up, he came up, he creeped up. And so every work of God is going to be opposed by the enemy. And so that's why in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us in, in chapter 16, verses 13, he says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. Courage, strong, strength and faith is what will keep us protected. It is what is going to keep us from wavering away from Jesus. James chapter 4 verses 7, the Bible says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The second thing is discernment. And like I said earlier, the Bible says that the, the enemy walks around like a roaring lion. And so his mission is for us to compromise. His mission is for us to, be, to, to put ourselves in a situation where we become vulnerable. 
As you see in, with David, with Bathsheba, we all know this story. I mean, you ask yourself the question, what would cause a man who the Bible says was after God's own heart to fall into adultery? Judas, a man that, who witnessed so many miracles that Jesus performed, that he would betray Jesus to his death. What would cause a man like that to just push aside everything that God had for him just for 30 pieces of silver? And you see that Nehemiah with Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, it was the same thing. There was a, persistent, uh, a persistence with Nehemiah when he was building this project and so even though it was displeasing to, to Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, he didn't waver. And even though their displeasure turned to mocking, and their mocking turned to rage, and even when they conspired to fight, when they conspired to attack, and they resorted to all sorts of deception and slander, accusing Nehemiah of trying to establish his own kingdom for his own glory, you see that God was able to step in each and every one of those times because Nehemiah turned to God every single time. And when they saw his plan succeeding, they appealed to him to reason with them. And even though that they couldn't distract him, uh, even though they tried to pull him away, he didn't pull away from it because he decided he was going to stand his ground. The Bible says, and we, as I begin to close, Galatians chapter 5 verses 1, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Ephesians 6 uh, chapter 6, verses 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, having done all to stand, having done all to stand. Beloved, can I say to you as we close tonight, our call is to stand. Our call in the moments, in the situations, the struggles of life, no matter what come may, is our call by God is to stand. Why? Because He promised us. He promised and He said, I will neither leave you nor forsake you. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Amen.